11 o'clock comics episode 57 <laughs> A little, a little bit, a little something. I got the Barry White shit going on. Throw, throw your panties at the iPod. You are turning me on. You think I wear underwear when I'm posting? I hope you do. Keep hoping. <laughs> uncut. David Lee. David. That <laughs> dude, I'm sure you mean uncut. Come on. David Fred. Uncut. So, so David, you, as you and Ian uh, right but my would I would hope David that you would correct my because I don't know well, even if, and if I get them wrong I'm sure Dave Sin will tell you okay. even though even though I, I, I mistakenly said uh, around Yiddish whenever he was speaking Hebrew. <laughs> yeah there's a little bit of a difference there so a little bit hey buddies. It's 11 o'clock comics. Yeah, and, baby. And I'm the slightly congested yet baritone, oddly enough, Vince B. You sound sexy. Thank you. Hubba hubba. Er. Dead sexy. Er. Oh. Sexy er. We got enough homoerotic overtones in this this uh, <laughs> show. We don't need any more. Uh, I'm Christopher Neesman, and I am I am all puppy dogs and rainbows this week. Excellent. Aww. I'm uh, I'm David Price, and, and I'm sure I'll uh, I'll be wide awake by the time this episode's done. Okay. I'm Karnak. <laughs> no, you're not. Cool. You, know who, you know who you are? Karnaki. You No, you're Jason effing Wood in the house. You know what, Jason? I, I predicted that you would say that. You did? did? To no, who? it's kind of a joke. Well, you know, because he said Karnak. Uh-huh. 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 I predicted it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Crazy ass <laughs> shit going on here. Well, we're all together again. This is awesome. Yeah, baby. Two weeks in a row. Thank the gods. Nothing going on. <laughs> As opposed to the uh, two weeks ago, fifty weeks in a row that we've done. We're on a streak, more or less. Yeah, it's a good thing. So it is. Right. Tough boys. Nothing. Nothing. We're we're eager. See, we're all chomping at the bit to get in there, but we should kind of ease into it, right? That's how they like it. I heard. Like a verbal. <laughs> just just lay back and let it happen. <laughs> let Uncle Vince take care of you. <laughs> uh, uh, drink, drink roll call. Let's uh, let's let's Ooh. knock her out. Um, um, David, you haven't let us it, off in a while. It uh, it is getting nice and warm outside. It looks like summer's finally getting here, which means I get to break out the Hemingway daiquiri ingredients. So that is what I'm having tonight. The beer that kills itself. What, what, it, what is in a, a Hemingway daiquiri? Hemingway daiquiri consists of light or clear rum. Uh, Cherry liqueur, and lime juice, and grapefruit juice. Sounds great. That it sounds is delicious. really tasty. Listen to me. I'm wow, such a such a douche. I said the beer. It's not even beer. Okay. <laughs> you can edit that part out, um, David. Um, put that in the in the bartenders group over at AC. Okay. You guys have a bartenders group? They do. Yeah. The new the new community, maybe. Yeah. Oh. So it's, I, I want to keep some recipes there, um, Mister Mister Wood. Uh, for many of the same reasons that David mentioned, it's hot as balls here right now. And my wife refuses to turn on the air conditioning, so I wanted something refreshing. 
So I'm drinking a crushed orange, which is uh, absolute uh, Mandarin in my case. Any any orange flavored or citrus flavored vodka will do. Uh, lime juice, sugar, some Cointreau, ice, and serve. Wow, Ooh, that sounds cool. man! They're getting all fancy on us, Vince. I'm gonna yeah. stuff it up. <laughs> I'm happy this week, buddy. So I figured I'd make it a nice a nice fancy drink that you could be excited about. That is wonderful. You'll have to leave that in the bartender's group as well. Um, I'm I'm being born. I'm not even drinking anything alcoholic right now. I'm going to get a beer in a little bit, but it is really it, it's getting warm and and kind of humid in Chicago. So <laughs> I was just just walking the dog, so I had to come back and I got a big old giant glass of iced tea. But I think I'm going to grab a Budweiser and lime, which I've been drinking that. Um, uh, I started drinking beer this way whenever I went to Mexico of. Uh, uh, a pint glass and then drop a lime in it and then a pinch or two of salt in the ah, beer. Oh, really? Which is, yeah, yeah. It's uh, It makes it go down a little too easy, though. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it, it kill very, the head, though? It's always such a problem, Chris, right? Yeah, yeah. It's always, always a problem. Me <laughs> choking down them beers would. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just like a little, little pinch, a uh, little pinch of uh, sea salt or kosher, kosher salt on there, and uh, yeah, it's very, very tasty that way. Get a good, good summer, summer beer. I would never do that with like one of the, like, the vanilla porters or anything like that, but like a Budweiser or a Bud Light or something like that. It's, it's pretty tasty. I'm not a big Corona fan. Never have been. Um, but have a Pacifico. Uh, um, yeah, 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 it's, it's, I don't drink it that much. Um, I don't see it around Chicago that much, but it's, you know, good, it's island beer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr., Mr. B, how about you? Yeah, yeah, sorry. I'll break the trend, but. You know, you, you're going to need to, that's kind of a winter beer, a black and tan. Yeah. It's fall winter beer, you need something, something crisp and refreshing. But, but I'll do it in a different language this time, just to jazz things up. I am drinking. <laughs> Negro e tanu. How's that? Spanish. <laughs> you could have done it with like a, an English accent. That's, I, I did it. it. In a, that was an English accent. <laughs> now, black and tan again. Yeah, I'll get some new stuff for next week. I've been trying to get some some different beers, but I haven't had a chance to get out. So next week, new stuff. Hey, guess what? What? Our discussion of Sea Guy, the Slaves of Mickey Eye, drew a comment from... Cameron Stewart, of all people. No way. Yes way. Yes way. He posted on our blog page. He said, hey, guys, someone directed me to your discussion of Sea Guy in this week's podcast. I'm glad that you were generally satisfied with it, but there was still a lot of apparent bafflement and talk of it not making sense, in quotes. If you're interested in a bit of reading, I'd point you in the direction of the Mindless Ones, which is a really good uh, site, uh, blog site. Uh, who have done a thorough deconstruction of the first issue and provide the best and most accurate insight I've seen yet on what Grant and I are doing. Hope that is of interest and that you continue to read and enjoy the series. Love you guys to death. I added that part myself. Uh, uh, Cameron Stewart. Now, I, I read what the Mindless Ones had written, and I'll tell you. Um, you have figured out. No, I, I don't want to say it's a stretch. But be because Cameron Stewart himself said, yeah, this is pretty much on the money. But, you know, the reason why I didn't try to get into it last week or, or uh, was because, let's be honest, the majority of the people who listen to our show are fans of the mainstream comic book. Yes. And uh-huh. sure. for the most part. Yeah. But that's something that, you know, in tone, scope, execution, whatever, Sea Guy is definitely not. Which I kind of, this is why I kind of hesitated to recommend it. 
especially this earlier in in the game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, would I recommend it to someone more attuned to that stuff? Sure, I'd love it. I think I think the series is great, but I don't think we can successfully comment on a, on a piece of of art when a third of the damn thing is visible. Yeah, yeah. You know, know, that's the kind of work that I think that you need to sit down and read in its entirety. So, right. How many of us jumped into Final Crisis commentary, even though that was Morrison with the mainstream hat on, and you know tried to decipher and 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 hypothesize based on what little he gave us as to what was going on? And most of us were shot down. We were wrong. And I don't give a shit about being wrong, but I can't make a guess if I don't have enough information. You know, and the fact that they got it right says a lot about their intelligence. I'll be honest, and it also <laughs> says that they were damn lucky. Mm-hmm. Well, they, equal parts, yeah, equal parts intelligence and luck. Because I, I read it again, and yeah, I can pull literary references and what I think it means, but I don't want to guess. It's like putting a blanket over a painting and letting letting only one third of it show and say, "What do you think about that painting?" What the frig do I know? It's not all visible. You listen to a third of uh, pictures at an exhibition and see what you can make out of that. It's just not going to happen. You can get, you can get lucky. Oh, um, speaking, speaking of Cameron Stewart, just in, in case people aren't super familiar with his work, uh, a couple things you might want to check out. First of all, he did The Guardian, right, for The Seven Soldiers of Victory? Manhattan Guardian, yes. Manhattan yes. Guardian. And he does a fantastic webcomic called Sintitolo. Yes. yes. My, my pronunciation is probably bad on that, but really good stuff. And you can just Google Cameron Stewart and uh, uh, and find that. But Sintitlo, and uh, he also was uh, the the, uh, the artist for the other side, with uh, which was pretty much the yeah. first the first work that that uh, Jason Aaron did. Mm-hmm. I, he did a he did a, a small Wolverine story uh, a few years ago, but the other side is kind of the first his first uh, first big work. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, speaking of the other side, big thanks to David D, who convinced me to try the other side, and uh, back in the day, and it's uh, what turned me on to the Jason Aaron fan club. So that's a great little nice. book. Have. Oh yeah, it is. Oh. It really is. And I'll I'll post the link to the Mindless Ones site in the description or the show notes for this episode. Uh, check it out. It's worthwhile reading. It's long. At the time I read it, they were only halfway through the first issue, but yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, good job. <laughs> you're you're, okay. you're a little uh, you're a little you. uh, jealous or no? I can't be jealous. Well, how can I be jealous? A little, 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 little competition now. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. But you're, I d- you're gonna try and outdo them, aren't you? Uh, you push me in a corner and I come out fighting. That's how it works. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I did honestly. I, we didn't really try. We just did a cursory examination of it. You want to get in depth? We could do that. But not this week. Not this week. No. No. And, uh, you know, since we're thanking all people... Like, well, if I had tried, I would have done that's a lot right. better. But. <laughs> my, my hands were tied. No, uh, since we're thanking people, I got a couple packages in the mail, but I'm not going to thank anybody yet because I want to make a complete list. It's not that long, but I just want to make sure I, I got everybody. So I'll do that next time. I got some cool comics in the mail. Wow. It's always yeah. fun to get comics in the mail. <laughs> You're not kidding. Uh, oh, and, speaking of wood, I, I'm, I'm going to send a package to you. Oh, snap. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get you caught up on this on this Superman family oh, stuff. Oh shit! I'm excited. So nice. I'll, uh, David's like, what the f? <laughs> no, David's not what the f. <laughs> well, wouldn't I have this little this little challenge with each other? Yeah, we got it. Yep. Have you have you picked your three? Is it three? Or are we going four? No, no, three. Uh, three's fine. I, okay, I have you to get, four. You, I have to well, yeah, four. you got 
Like, yeah, World, World of New Krypton, Superman, Action, and uh, Supergirl, right? That's right. Well, so, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. You're not gonna. He's not gonna read Superman. Yeah, that's four. Superman. Superman. Yeah, Superman. World of New Krypton, Action, oh. and Supergirl. And you're gonna read four X books? No, no. Well, he's gonna read three uh, books. Of my choosing. Yep. Uh, you'll, you'll stroke if you read four X books. <laughs> I'm not gonna make a read four X books. <laughs> have you got them picked out? I have not got them picked out yet. No. I, I'm trying to prepare myself. Do you have one of them picked out? Well, yeah. I am going to make you read on Annie for sure. Oh, so be prepared. For <laughs> Dude, it's the hotness. Especially it's that Greg Land artwork. Oh, stop. Oh. oh. Anyway, see, nobody, I, I could I could never say what the F. It's like people would have to like me to send me shit. So that's that's, oh. that, that's not even an option. Now I'm going to no, send David the, something. No, stop now it. Now I'm going to send David something. And and I realized at the beginning where I said I'm going to try to wake up for the rest of the episode. I mean, yeah, that really sells it, don't it? Oh wow, David's going to even wake up for this episode. Telegraph. Right, well, I got something for. Are you are you you're you're you playing around playing along with our uh, hundred days of hundred bullets, right? Yes, I am. Do you have Do you have those? I have the first few trades, and I believe I have almost all of the issues from like issues. maybe 26 on issues okay. from 26 on I like the first I've got the first five trades if you don't have any of those let me know and I'll, I'll send what you don't have to you I got like the first five I think I have those because nice. I want Renee to read them so I think I do but yeah thank you <sighs> you're impossible hey 11 o'clock comics this is Mike aka comic book here on the forums I just wanted to call because A I've never called and B I just want to throw some praise you guys' way. It seems like every, lately a lot of people have been calling this line and, and bad-mouthing and swearing using those dirty cuss words. So I just wanted to throw some praise your way because in my mind you guys are doing one of the best comic book podcasts out there. And if it weren't for, for you guys, there would be a lot of books that I just would totally not even hear about or not even know about. So I just wanted to thank you, and I also wanted to toss some praise David's way because, man, David, you are the man, and you are probably one of the nicest guys out there on the internet because man every time I, I I Twitter I always get him a good reply from David Price with some interesting information so keep up the good work guys uh, and definitely you keep making good podcasts I'll keep listening so check you guys later bye you know I came across a, a really cool <laughs> quote on a blog and I immediately thought of Mr. Neesman because this is something that he would say Okay. It, it's from the Guttural blog, and it's it's in regards to the Toronto Comic Art Festival that was recently, what was that, huh? two weeks ago. Uh, there was a Critics' Roundtable consisting of Canadian journalist Jeet Heer, Douglas Woke, Picture Box's Dan Nadell was on it, uh, Bart Beatty, and the moderator was Bill Cartolopoulos. And, and the quote comes from Jet Heer. This is pure Neesman. Get this. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He said, Comic critics are almost like religious missionaries this is not paraphrasing this is reading verbatim if if you're speaking to an outsider you'll say wow isn't this cathedral great but if you're inside the church we'll talk about how such and such priest is a pedophile <laughs> that's, that's pure neesman absolutely call me yeah. a pedophile because we all uh, like to preach the, the the virtues of comics but and then yeah. uh, on the one hand on the other hand we'll go on the forum and Tear Dan DeDio a new asshole or a second asshole. It's true. Yeah, it's, it's what we do, but it's it's a done out of love, right? 
Yes, and I would like to apologize to everyone for being a little over the top last week. I was more devil's advocate than anything. So oh, you were speaking and, your mind. Don't apologize for that. Oh, yeah, Dude. yeah, but you know, and I don't want to. I don't want to beat a, a dead horse. But there was some great discussion on ratings and rating systems and that kind of stuff. And uh, I, I think the forum showed its its smarts in in discussing it and uh, and debating it. And it was some some good some good stuff. So you know, realize that. Sometimes you know iron sharpens iron, and and we all play devil, we all play devil's advocate with each other on some stuff, and that's how you get good, interesting debate. I probably went a little over the top with some stuff, but 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 I think that makes for interesting discussions. Yep. So I don't I don't hate children. It's true, <laughs> and you know and you know sometimes you just don't want you to read just... your Greg Rucka novel. Yeah, damn ankle biters. <laughs> Sometimes you can't get the possum out of the meat grinder unless you pick up a rake. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> no. That was, that was for Scotty. That was, that, was, that was good, though. That was interesting. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. So uh, I read a ton of shit. I'm going to let you guys go. Oh, go first, because uh, I, I read way too much for this week. I OD'd. I picked up the Blazing Combat. The hardcover Ooh. from Graphics. Amazon had it for six, like sixteen fifty or something, and That's a which is good price. Yeah, which is like like almost half off, and I think it's twenty nine ninety nine or something. They had it for yeah. sixteen something, and I told I told Sal, and he put it in his in his shopping cart, and like the next morning they raised it up to like twenty two bucks, and he was like, Ooh. "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> so, uh, oh, so we, he didn't finalize the deal. No, yeah. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Price on him, so I got mine for about six bucks less. But boy, is it pretty! There's oh, man. some amazing stuff. That Eugene Colon can draw. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've heard good things about him. I think he's got a he's got a career ahead of him. Oh, yes, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. And GI Joe Cobra. I know Jim Heffern or not Jim Heffern. Jim Nelson really wants to hear our uh, GI Joe talk. GI Joe Cobra number three <laughs> was awesome. Dude, I'm so glad you brought it up because I'm thinking, man, I really want to talk about number three, but I yeah, just keep eating yeah, Joe Dead Horse every week. But number was three the, was special. Best, best, best one so far. Best oh one my so god, far. dude! That's pretty good. <laughs> oh my lord! That, that that scene with Jinx, I was just like, oh damn! And yeah, it, yeah, it was, this it was is awesome. not this is not the GI Joe we grew up with in the '80s. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no, because no, that 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 laser would have missed her completely. Oh yeah. Yeah, he would have found a way. <laughs> Good one, David. That was fun. Did did you get the did you get the 80s GI Joe laser reference there from David? He was clever. Oh, <laughs> see, it's even better when you got to explain it. That's awesome. <laughs> that makes that makes a joke. Stick. <sighs> it's all about the stick. I caught it. <laughs> so you. wait a minute. So wait, wait, wait. You you read did you read the Blazing Combat or did you just get it? I got it and I have I have thumbed through it and Oh, okay, cuz I was going to say no, I need, got, I need to sit down and read it, but I got right. to, I'm going to spend. I mean that that's a that's a rainy summer afternoon kind of book. Yeah, and I, I'm so grateful for the fact that it doesn't have a useless dust jacket on it. <laughs> I, I like the fact that they they actually printed the cover on the the actual hard cover end uh, <laughs> covers. Yeah, which isn't, isn't I, really I, even a word. End covers. What the hell am I thinking? Because <laughs> I mean, really, when when I read hard covers, I take the dust jacket off. Do you guys read hardcovers with? Yes, I take. I actually, I have a. Um, I have supernovas downstairs. I have the dust cover upstairs. The the book is downstairs on the coffee table. Yeah, I, I always I do that. Dust cover. I, I, I use mine as bookmarks. 
Cool. Oh, I, you, you fold it in based on what page yeah, you're on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. No, I just think they're useless because you're reading it and the book's all sliding around inside the dust jacket and, you know, it doesn't lay right because you got it all open. And I, I take it off when I'm done. I put it back on, throw it on the shelf. Yep. Don't give me dust jackets. Print the damn stuff right on the cover. There you go. There you go. But then oh, you dusty. Hey, dusty books. What, do you live in a cave? <laughs> yes, a man, a man cave. Thing. Man cave. Yeah. <laughs> the man cave. I, I don't have the Cardinals Cubs game on right now. Yeah, you do. No, uh-huh. sure. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Why? Because I can. It's yeah. awesome. I love my room. Oh. So, so you've you've redeemed yourself for glossing over a book containing some of the greatest artists ever to grace the comic book page. Which is yeah, okay. I, yeah you I haven't read it yet, so you can't talk about it. So what was the thing that was so exciting about I didn't read Cobra number three yet, so save me the specifics, but what about it was so so in, enjoyable? Uh it's it's just it's I don't want to say it's real, but there are some major consequences to this one that you can't give away because it, it would it, it spoils a bunch of the build up, but it just it, it He's he's all in now, and there's some some major consequences that happen in a really a, a, a pretty a pretty powerful scene that you're just like, oh damn, right? Wow. What mm-hmm. I mean is that? What yeah, you I mean, I don't, it, it's hard to not give it away. Yeah, but the, the, he has to make a decision that I guess a lot of undercover operatives in more conventional espionage stories wouldn't have had to have made. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it's pretty. Huh. It's pretty. It's pretty hardcore, and it's it's yeah. one of those. It's it's how um, it didn't didn't. But Vonnegut, I th- Vonnegut wrote a book about a uh, a guy that was kind of an undercover Nazi, and he ended up having to do such terrible and horrible things that in the end he was no better than the Nazis that he was trying to. Um, uh, to to destroy and it's kind of where we are with chuckles is that he's having to do such terrible things to get in so deep with cobra that he's the the lines are starting to be blurred you know with with him it's it's he know he oh, i think the white Sox just scored sorry oh, uh, nice. <laughs> your wife's a white Sox fan oh my wife's a big time oh my god i'm in love <laughs> Jason's awesome. taking all our wives. That's great. I am. I'm going to create a harem. The eleven o'clock harem. Nice, hey, dude. Hey, you Sal, feed her. Yeah. You can have her. Uh, <laughs> um, Sal and I. Uh, Sal and Tom and I. Uh, Marta says Jermaine die Grand Slam. Oh okay. sweet. Um, Tom and Sal and I are going up to Miller Park to uh, to see the uh, uh, Brewers White Sox in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm, I know. This is going to be awesome. road trip. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Trip. So, anyway, uh, yeah, GI Joe cover was great. I, I white, think. White I think or, uh, what helped. Um, what helped Chuckles do what he did was the. Uh, he should. Should. <laughs> all right. I'm trying not to spoil anything. Plus, the rum's yeah. kicking in. Um, he, he thought he thought he was cut off from right, right. from headquarters. Yep. And uh, something happens that, that 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 causes that to happen, and. Because of the scene with Jinx, he realizes that his signal is getting through, and I'd like to think that that played a part in in making his decision. So you've read it too? I did read number three. Yeah. Oh, Jesus! You know, somebody has to drink. I didn't that's read it. That's got to. That's got to suck. There you if, go. If, if I read it and you didn't yet. Well, yeah, that uh, four hundred plus pages of Cerebus will do that to you. 
But yeah, that'll cool. suck right at. Okay. Chris, how cool would it be if IDW somehow lures Rucka to write a GI Joe book? Um, I think he, I think he could do a great job with it. I, I would just love to see him not do like a Scarlet miniseries. <laughs> <laughs> right, fall into the old. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him do like like a Snake Eyes mini or something like and that. And then at the end, Snake Eyes becomes a chick. Stop it! Stop. Ew. Well, it worked for the question. Why not? Uh, no, I, yeah, yeah. I think Greg could could write uh, could write something cool. Actually, he would do something good with uh, who's the communications guy? Shortwave, right? No. Yeah. No, something, isn't that? I was gonna say yeah, what, whatever. But I, but I think he could take you know something something like a communications officer and do an interesting story. Something along those lines would be would be neat. Rather than the you know take the cool character like Snake Eyes or. Um, uh, Duke or something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, like a day in the yeah. life thing. Do a, a like a a, a GI Joe story, but from the vantage point of the communication guy relaying the message back and forth to all these different op. That'd be cool. Get her done. Tell him. Get her done. Get her done. Get on that, Greg. <laughs> See yeah. what I can do. <laughs> I gotta read his his last novel. I still haven't. I still haven't gotten into it yet. I got Let's too many talk comics. About that. That led to the talk of uh, ratings last week. So oh, yes, yeah. it did. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, it did. We got a lot of uh, replies to that too, voicemails. And oh, jeez, great! Yeah. I'm sure, I made a lot of friends. Oh, uh, I think one of them's a friend. Yeah. <laughs> hey, eleven o'clock, comicers. It's Sal. Just thought I'd leave you a voicemail uh, after listening to your latest episode when you guys were talking about ratings and comics, and I have to say that. Um, you know, my mind wasn't necessarily made up on ratings until I heard uh, Chris, my buddy and pal from Around Comics, uh, just talk completely out of his ass on ratings and why there should be no ratings on comics. Just a couple of points. One, comics uh, are marketed towards kids regardless of who's buying them. The properties are marketed towards kids. The comic books themselves are to some degree still marketed toward, towards kids. And regardless of if uh, guys are older and reading comics, and that's the main group of people that are buying them, uh, there's still plenty of stuff out there that publishers would be more than happy to get in the greasy little hands of every 10, 11, or 12-year-old on the planet. Whether or not they are is irregardless. Uh, It it is a fact that they would love that to happen and, and, and are doing their damnedest to try and get that to happen, while at the same time, to uh, you know, please guys like us. Uh, another thing is, you know, Chris, you kept bringing up the idea that uh, com- that novels are not rated uh, at all, and that uh, you could buy a novel that has adult themes in it, and there's no warning on the label. But there's a big difference there between that and a comic book. You see, the words "Jenny was raped" and a picture of Jenny being raped are much different things for a child to see. Um, so I don't know if that, that thought ever occurred to you when you kept bringing up that little tidbit, but uh, to me as a parent, uh, I would I would find it a lot easier to try and explain, if I even needed to, the words uh, Jenny was raped uh, as opposed to a picture of a girl named Jenny being raped. So, you know, there's one thing. Um, other than that, you know, I, I think uh, all in all, Ratings aren't necessarily a bad thing. I think, uh, you know, whether or not you're going to have a industry standard across the board, you know, that would be a pretty tough thing to do. I think Marvel does a pretty decent job of it. But, 
you know, there's there's plenty of other um, other uh, companies or mediums out there that rate uh, their products. You know, whether it's video games, whether it's uh, you know television shows, movies, that kind of thing, music. Um, I don't I don't see that it's that big of a deal. I mean, certainly we don't want to get into the area of, of censorship. Uh, and and the point that you guys brought. It's a parent's responsibility ultimately to screen what their children see. That's absolutely true. But at the same time, as a parent, it wouldn't be such a, a bad thing to have some sort of guidepost or a little bit of, uh, of help in, in figuring out what may or may not be appropriate for your child. So uh, I'm, for one, you know, sort of in favor of ratings on comics. Is it a big deal one way or the other? Not really. But, uh, but you know, it wouldn't be such a, such a horrible thing, I think. Uh, to do that, because uh, while comics may be for the main uh, stream stuff uh, uh, geared towards pandering to the 35 and up crowd uh, that that are buying the books right now, um, that doesn't mean that that's always the way it's going to be, or that uh, that kids still aren't buying them or getting their hands on them to some degree, uh, whether you know how big or small. So there you go. Uh, you know, enjoying the show, guys. Keep up the good work, and I'll talk to you later. Did anybody read Wolverine 73 yet? No, it's the next thing on my pile, actually. All right, all right, mine I'll, too. I'll, I'll wait until next. Because there is, it's, there's two stories in this issue. The second story continues into 74. Second story is by uh, Daniel Way with Beautiful Art by Tommy Lee Edwards and, of course, Letters by John Workman. But the first story is, um, is written by Jason Aaron, which made me think of this because it's a short story by Jason Aaron and it's a Wolverine story. But, uh, but art by... Uh, one of the Kubrick brothers, I want to say um, Adam. Adam, yeah. It, it, yeah, Adam with inks by uh, the wonderful Mark Farmer. It's basically each each panel is a day in Wolverine's life. So you'll have you'll you'll just I, I'm not I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but it's it's just the scenes that they decide to show, like from Monday or a Tuesday, and and there's one it's it's got a cameo by everybody because it has it has a great panel of the Red Hulk punching the flesh right off of Wolverine's skull. Nice. Uh, it is. It's a beautiful image. Um, it's, uh, you have like um, uh, Cottonmouth, who was recently in the uh, Marvel Supersize Assistant Editor Spectacular. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, there's Wolverine with the, uh, with the new Avengers, and then there's Wolverine with the, with the dark and gritty characters like Ghost Rider and Punisher. There's, there's Wolverine with X-Force. Um, and then with the astonishing X-Men and the, the, the dialogue that Aaron has Logan spew and, and, and the other characters is, is just, it's great. He's got a real, I mean, we know this from the get mystique arc and, and the other Wolverine he's written, but he, he's got a great handle on this character. And like I said, everybody does a Thor appearance. He plays poker with the thing and she Hulk and all these other characters. It's, it's a really cool short story. I really do recommend it, but it's, I'll, I'll wait till the, till everybody else reads it. It's, it's something I'm going to get a kick out of reading again. The publication schedule of uh, Wolverine's a bit screwed up, isn't it? Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, no, isn't issue seventy two coming out after seventy three? Yes. Yes. Brian Hitt wrote a big column about it this uh, past week. He he was not pleased, or or just not comment, pleased. not pleased. Uh, and today, well, well, but it's no for me who didn't didn't read it. 
I I had seen some. What what is the deal with that? Explain this to me. Okay, so hey, Mark Miller. Yeah, the the old man Logan. Chris, you've heard us talk about the old man Logan story, which yes. has been going on. Huh? Well, um, it's it's been late, and so Marvel contends that they wanted to have old man Logan wrapped up and have uh, a more conventional storyline that that kind of takes place in the now to coincide okay. with the movie. They had already announced that they weren't going to finish Old Man Logan in the actual Wolverine book uh, and that they were going to put out the last issue as a one-shot. But issue 72 was an Old Man Logan issue, and it was running late, so they decided to put out issue 73 before issue 72 has come out with the idea that it would it would be there for the movie. And I guess it doesn't seem that crazy to me, I mean, in the grand scheme and, of things. And but, two months won't matter. Yeah, but, but, I, but Brian Hibbs, who a lot, I guess... I would assume most of our listeners know, but he is a, a well-renowned, uh, I guess, advocate and LCS owner who writes a column uh, each week on, uh, was it CBR or Newsarama? I forget. I think uh, CBR. Yeah. yeah, and he, he talks at length. I was surprised by the, the passionate response he had. I figured he would kind of take the ta- same tact of, ah, not that big a deal, but he contends it was actually a huge deal and it's endemic of kind of the mistakes that the of uh, the big two make with their LCSs and that he lost several customers were irate about it and so forth and so on. So I, it's hard for me to understand why you get irate about it. I mean, you got a Wolverine they'll, comp, but they'll, they'll be back. Yeah, they'll be back. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, I, you know, the whole uh, old man Logan thing, it's, I mean, you have, you've got some marquee creators on that. You've got a great concept. Would have been interesting for them to just put that out as a miniseries. That's, it, there you go. If, mm-hmm. it had, if it hadn't run in the main Wolverine, series, I probably would have been more inclined to buy it. Sure. Just because you don't like picking up a, a series mid-run or, or um, during the run? I didn't really understand what Old Man Logan was going to be. It was mm-hmm. kind of off my radar. <clears throat> but if it had come out as as a miniseries, I may have paid a little... Yeah, I, I like that format anyway. I, I mean, we're to the point in comics where most creative teams will come in for six issues or 12 issues, and they'll tell their story. So I kind of like... I know that... I know that Detective and Superman and Spider-Man and Thor and all the others have to get to issue 400 or 500 or... 800, whatever it's going to be. But I'm a fan of going and just doing miniseries. Me too. You know, it, it's just, yeah, just let someone come in and tell their six-issue Spider-Man story and make it canon or don't make it canon, whatever, and just come <laughs> in and, and and make, you know, well, you know what I mean? Just come in and right. do miniseries. And, and that way we don't worry about um, this series is going to get canceled or that series is... You know, come in and Paul Cornell can do a a, a, a twelve a twelve issue miniseries of Captain Britain MI thirteen, and if it's and if it's popular, then they can come back and and do more minis. So I yeah, I kind gonna of bring a tear like, to my eye. No, rest yeah, in peace. No, the last yeah. issue was fucking awesome too. Yeah, well, I didn't I mean, the latest one yet. A lot of people are hung up on numbering. For instance, today, yeah, in, in the in the comic shop, we got on the subject of Hulk. And the, the the LCS owner didn't even know this, and I only knew because I read it on Newsarama, but the Hercules series will continue, but it's keeping the numbering. Strange, right? Yeah. Which completely mystifies me why they would do that. And the Hulk, which will reach some kind of fuzzy math number 600. Yeah, exactly. And, and we all know about that issue, but they're continuing Jeff Loeb's Hulk se- uh, the Red Hulk series. Yeah. So you're, you're going to have three monthly Hulk books. Don't forget Son of Hulk. 
Well, Scar too, right? Right, which is going to be called just plain Son of Hulk. Son of Hulk, yeah. Right, but uh, and and the the owner didn't even know. He's like, no, they're canceling uh, Jeff Loeb's thing to make way for the the new Hulk. And I said, no, they're not. They're, no. You're going to have another one. And and, and he, what's nuts? I'm sorry. Is is that Incredible Hercules? You should be. I know. Is is uh, it's Incredible Hercules is what took over the old Incredible Hulk. Right. So, but where, where, say you have a person fresh to comics who comes into the shop and really likes what they've done with Hercules, and he wants to read those hundred and say twenty some <laughs> issues that he hasn't read. Well, they don't exist. Sorry, yeah, no. it's just confusing. It's it's odd. It really is uh, odd. Speaking of incredible Hercules, people, uh, the the all the Twitterers out there, you may want to start following Ryan Stegman. Because once or once or twice a week, he'll send out a tweet that he's got a live cam going, and you can follow that link. It's a it's a Stickam um, if you're familiar with that, and you can um, listen to to Ryan and watch him while he's drawing, and he'll kind of show you what he's doing, and he's he's drawing Incredible Hercules right now. So I. <laughs> uh, at work the other day was able to watch him draw for about 20 or 30 minutes it was really cool to just watch and see how a comic page comes together yep absolutely it's it's really exciting but the thing that brought me to the hulk naturally was one of the things i did read was the red hulk uh, no it's hulk red and green the the hardcover from jeff loeb that's Art the, Adams and uh, Frank Cho. It, it reprints issues. Um, let's see. I think it's uh, seven to nine, and you get the king size Hulk number one. Say what you will about Jeff Loeb. This stuff absolves any kind of sin he had before this. It's handy. <laughs> Jeff Loeb it's, has it's really a Messiah book. He's no, saying. he's he's never really trod on anything I hold dear, so I don't really care. But I can understand Woods problem with the the uh the wolverine thing the uh evolution evolution right right but in my opinion this this hulk book is gold it's 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 like it's so much fun it's the reward after after a, a long arduous task you get a little bit of candy it's like it's like uh cheesecake oh my god is it tasty it goes down so smooth and i don't even i don't even care what jeff Loeb is writing i'm just looking at the beautiful hulk and Wendigo and Miss Marvel art by Art Adams, yeah. and then oh. Valkyrie and She Hulk and Thundra and and everybody else from Frank Cho, and it's yeah, that's I don't even need word balloons get in the way at that point. And you know when you have two appropriately enough monsters of mainstream comic art, Art Adams and Frank Cho doing a book simultaneously, <laughs> I I don't know about you guys, but I would not want to follow either one of them. Agreed. <laughs> no, yeah, but I will say. I do like Frank Cho. I think the man is fantastic, but his stuff pales in comparison to Art Adams. Oh, I think. I, I, oh I Adams. Think, I think they're both amazing. I do, but Adams is Adams is at the top of his game. This stuff is the, fantastic. The thing, the thing about Art Adams is that he works so infrequently that whenever you do see it, it just makes it that yeah, much right. more special. I, feel, I, I saw I, the, uh, the issue I mentioned when I read the Tom Strong, and Art Adams does the one issue. Oh the, yeah, uh, Nazi. I mean, it's it 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 just it's so like you said, it's such a treat to see it that it makes what's already great art unbelievably. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. You know? I, 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 feel, I feel so bad for Walden Wong. I just like we feel bad for Scott Koblish for having to ink George Perez on on Legion of right, Three Worlds. Right. I feel bad for Walden Wong having to ink art at. I mean, but they 
we know about Frank Cho and the women, but how, how perfect is this Art Adams story where he gets to draw the Wendigos and, and, and hair and fur all over the place? It's, it's yep. just, it's so perfectly suited for his talents. And his Ms. Marvel? Oh, uh-huh. with, with the torpedo titties? It's like, oh my God. And, and, and I'm reading it and, I, and it's going along and I'm, I'm jonesing on the art. I'm like, this is fantastic. And Loeb throws in Brother Voodoo. Yes. If I wasn't already naked, I would have been by the time I got to that page. But yeah. It's, yeah. This, is, this is like, so per- it's two artists who we know are not speedy just based on their track records splitting a book in half each taking a book or a cover and and just telling their story however long it takes or whatever i mean this isn't no one's reading the hulk because they need it every month it, it's obviously there because like like wood likes to say it's a guilty pleasure it's it's the one book where i empty calories or whatever you want to call it it's just it's it's nothing heavy it's just there and it's yeah. It was such a it's it's a great storyline with these two characters. But I think characters. I think Loeb may be crazy like a fox though, because you know in the grand scheme of things uh, on the intelligence scale, it doesn't get much dopier than Wendy Hulk. <laughs> you know that's kind of that's that's kind of juvenile, but it works because it's it's it it's it's a confection. It's so sweet that you know it's something that you just throw out there. Yeah, the Hulk turns into the Wendigo, but it's so cool. Are you hungry? Because you keep talking about you keep talking about candy. No, but th- that's what this book is to me. It's delicious, sweet. May give me another piece because, man, I'm it's still like hungry. Candy. candy. No, no cheesecake. No. It's, yeah, it's, it's great. But you know what? I, I, I'm reading it, and this gorgeous, beautiful, just like I would say, legendary. These are two legendary talents of comics, oh, yeah. and and I'm, I'm staring at the art, and my mind starts to wander, and ultimately. You, no one takes into account the, the complexities involved in the drawing process. No, no. Well, no one, meaning not the average person, because you know you have an act like that's so simple, even a child can do it. But people spend their entire lives trying to perfect this craft. But there's so many variables involved in it, so many decisions between the time you grab that drawing implement and and the 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 time that that business end touches the paper. It's insane. And and you got guys like Art Adams and Cho who do it so flawlessly. It, it's <laughs> like I I kind of break it down in my mind. I I they have a silent line, and you know what I mean by that. The line employed by Art Adams and, and Frank Cho, it, the line isn't preeminent. It's the forms created by the lines. Mm-hmm. Like you have a guy like Paul Pope who really puts a lot of expression into the line. Mm-hmm. It's all business with Art Adams and Cho. The, the lines are there to serve the form. And okay. and then another thing, you get into the the, the the decisions you have to make when you draw. Like, do I want my line to speak? Do I want the form to speak? Do I alter the the line? Do I vary the line based on you know shadow and light? And when you look at Art Adams's line, it's does it's not concerned with shadows. It's there to to delineate the forms. But holy shit, does it work? Scary how it works. It's just the things I think about when I when I look at his work. It's brilliant. And and he must have seen a lot of hot women in his time because <laughs> holy mackerel, are they smoking? dreams about him? And they all have the the uh, trademark versions of their woman, women, because Brandy has been burned into our brains, and I see Brandy in a lot of Frank Cho's women. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, and 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 in in Art Adams's women, I see uh, O'Brien 
from Monkey Man and O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. He has that, that prototypical Art Adams woman look. The busty, the nice can, you know, the, the pouty lips. It's, I can look at this book all day. I, I really can. Now, since... And Herb Trimpey. I was just going to here. say, motherfucker, I was just going to say, since you said the king size was in there, what did you think of Herb Trimpey's uh, kind of modernish? Well, I talked on? to him as he was working on this. The yeah, la- the what did he say? The last time he was at the convention in Scranton, he was working on this concurrently. He said he's have he said he was having a lot of fun, but he doesn't understand contemporary comic book coloring. Oh, damn. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, he, he did. He didn't understand why it had to be so so labored over. And and I, I don't I don't mean to say that this coloring is labored over, but from what he was used to, when you had the flat colors, with well, yeah, maybe, when you uh, look at like GI Joe number one or the first yeah. like eight issues, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But he he seemed to be having fun with it, and That's you know we haven't seen Herb in a long time, and uh this is. This stuff is a lot better than the Fantastic Four Unlimited stuff, which was pretty much the last stuff I've seen from him other, outside of uh, was, was that the, him the like BPRD to, stuff. Was that him trying to, like, ape Liefeld and things like yeah, that? I mean, was yeah. it, it was the 90s stuff, okay. I think that was an editorial decision, too. I do, too. I yeah. wouldn't doubt it. But Red Hulk and Red Hulk, Red and Hulk Green, my God. Jeff Loeb, I, I would buy him a sandwich if I ever met him. Yeah, but then Wood would take it away from evolution. So well, that's okay. <laughs> really would balance that. Well, we, he'd cut the sandwich in half. <laughs> only, only give him half a sandwich. And uh, I got the Art Adams cover, by the way, just because I thought it was better. Was the, the show cover, cover was bad. Or was it, what, was it no, there next to it? Because I thought no, these, maybe one might have been a direct market and one might have been a bookseller's cover. No, they had both of them. Okay. Yeah. It's Art Adams, dude. Of course you got I know. That. Magnificent. You guys, um, you guys pick up Marvel Mystery Comics number one came out today. Anyone? Not yet. No. Was was mystery? Oh, Mystic comes out I think in August. Okay. Isn't that the one that Chris Burnham drew? Yep. I'm holding it in my hands right now, and it is pretty. Chris had been raving about the coloring on it, and kind of what you're talking about with Trumpy is the um, the color palette that was used for this is it's kind of in between new and old it's uh um it's stained with a real limited color palette but it's it's definitely modern computer coloring but it's a limited color palette it looks great it looks absolutely absolutely beautiful and whenever you guys pick yours up you can go to page 17 and then oh, um, and then next time you come to to visit me I'll show you the original <laughs> nice <laughs> You're a bastard. You really are. <laughs> so what's the thrust with those books? Are they just uh, books that mimic the bygone days in, in yes, because they of are the Marvel 70 thing? They are basically um, modern retellings of classic Marvel comics from like the timely, from like the, 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 the 70th anniversary. This was written by uh, Tom DeFalco, and it's a, it's a team-up with, uh, with Namor and um, Human Torch, and um, who was the other one? Uh, it was uh, Human Torch and Toro. 
Yeah, it's it's Namor and and Human Torch and Toro um, beating up Nazis and giant robots with like people floating in in tanks of goo and stuff. B- big giant Nazi robots. Yeah, Marty bought that today, and and whenever he buys a Captain America or a, a World War Two era comic, we always chuckle because. Giant robot, you know, um, armored ta- armor tank or anything Nazi always has to have the big friggin' swastika on it. I even think no, their undercover dude. agents <laughs> had the big swastikas on it. <laughs> this giant Nazi, ro- the eyes are big swastikas. That's cool. Oh, nice. It's all, and I actually, if I if I buy any comic that's supposed to take place between 1941 and 1945, and if it doesn't have giant Nazi robots in it, I get upset. <laughs> kind of hard selling that stuff in Germany, though, because that's that stuff is verboten. Yeah, over, yeah. over there. But what are you it's gonna cool do? It's here, not Germany. Man. That's right. Enough big baby. ass Nazi robots, man. In fact, they don't even put the swastikas in the the model kits anymore. For the the German planes and stuff from World War Two, oh, wow. you don't get swastikas oh, okay. with them now. Yeah, well, I can see that. You know, it's. Yeah. yeah, I think Valkyrie comes out this week, which I've I've actually after it came out, I've heard pretty good stuff about it. Uh, Tom Cruise thing, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you see Star Trek yet? No, no. So flipping awesome! Oh, you what, did see it. What a smart but incredibly simple way to make everything count but be able to tell your own stories going forward. Yep. That's exactly so smart, my opinion of it. So well done. Um it uh, it didn't do what I think is the number one um not not problem or fault that science fiction movies make, but it's something that we see too often and that is if you're going to have a quote unquote science fiction movie um too often they'll use the special effects and stand on that as the strength of the movie and this well i mean it was visually stunning and there was no expense spared on 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 how it looked and how cool the effects were mm-hmm. you, they could have they could have had models on strings and it still would have been good because the story was that tight. Well, yeah, that was kind of the problem with the first Star Trek, the motion picture. I think they spent like 20-some minutes of screen time showing the damn Enterprise and Dry Dock from every compl- <laughs> every every conceivable angle. You'd go around it real slow, and then they'd go all over it real slow. It's like, come on. But how cool were those pajamas? Come on. Yeah, well, it was, it was and the bald chick. What was the first time you had ever <laughs> seen? <laughs> What was her name? Nice. Uh, Persis Kambata. So, yeah, oh, she was okay. pretty hot. Yeah, was, and, uh, what, Kier- Wait, what was the first one with Kirstie Alley? Was it Star Trek 1? That that's, was that. No, that was, was that, that was That's uh, Wrath of that Khan. Yeah. 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 Or 3. No, that's but she, she gained, she gained uh, 3,000 pounds back? Yeah, yeah. now she's four Kirstie Alleys. <laughs> oh, she was super hot in her time, though. She was. Oh, yeah. yeah she was. Well, with her money, it's not like I'd still throw her out of bed or anything. And with those Vulcan ears on? Ooh, baby, leave them on. <laughs> uh, um, I wanted to just, be, you know, they've tried before with some of the other Star Trek movies so hard to get continuity to work. To say, okay, well, next generation works with the original series, works with, you know, works with this, works with that. This was something not even explained, and it's like, wow, they just did something cool. Yeah, you and know? It, it took and, maybe like, what, two minutes of screen time, if that. Well, they never even really explained what they were doing, but you walked away from it and go, wow, they could make all new Star Trek movies 
or hell a TV show now if they wanted to, and it could it could work. Oh, they there's and, no there's no could about it. They can. So oh, yeah. I haven't seen the movie yet, but what do you guys think about the the news that I guess one of the character one of the actors from that movie was cast as Thor? So what do you guys think? Kirk? Kirk's dad. No, Kirk's dad is uh, is Thor, isn't it? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He, oh yeah, he was. Yeah, he was good. You know, I mean, you you put a you know a funny hat and long hair and a hammer. <laughs> anybody? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. if if you're Dave Locke or anybody but Will Smith. <laughs> the, uh, hey, as long as it's better than Adventures in Babysitting, I'm cool. Hey, now, Vincent D'Onofrio made a great Thor. Come on, I didn't see that movie. Elizabeth oh. Shue, dude. Come on, yeah. I, I never, never seen Nobody it. Nobody leaves here until hey. you sing the blues. I thought she, she, it wasn't Shelley Long in um, Adventures in Babysitting. Ooh. What are you thinking of, like Beverly Hills Girl Scouts? You're Camp Beverly Hills. Oh there you yeah, go, that's <laughs> the one. Okay, God damn. <laughs> Shit. Right, Let's move on. <laughs> That's enough of that. Yeah. So, Wood, you've been uh, conspicuously silent here. What's the deal? Dude, I have so many things that I've been wanting to talk about that I read. We'll so, get those gums a-flapping. Well, the one thing I definitely want to talk about at the top of the list is something that I've been bitching about not having the chance to read for a long time because the uh, inexplicably they hadn't put it out. But uh, I'm talking about the Invincible Ultimate Collection Number 4 hardcover. Oh, yeah. uh, I have been reading Invincible in the hardcovers from the start, which is cool. They look great and all, except it means that I usually have to wait a year for them. Uh, in this case, I've waited almost two years for it. They're actually on issue 61, 62, and this covers up to issue 48. So that gives you an idea of how long it's been since they got this thing out. But um, the, the thing I have to say about it is uh, Invincible stands on its own. I don't think we need to talk too much about what a quality book it is. But the thing I'm most impressed about is it's been well over a year since I read the last hardcover. And there wasn't a character, subplot, uh, a piece of, you know, uh, of, uh, of backstory from the first 36 issues that I had to go back and, and reread or think about or was confused about. Uh, Kirkman is, is so good and these characters were so memorable even you know the bit players that it really was sitting down and reading this even after a year of not even thinking about Invincible um, you know it just it was it was like curling up in a, in a you know comfortable blanket it was it was picking right up where I left off and and that's to me a huge compliment to the guys writing because um, I read a lot of comics and there are a lot of monthly comics I read that if it goes two or three months I kind of forget where I left off and I can't pick up all the threads and with this, you know, like I said, it had been at least a year, maybe a year and a half, and damned if it didn't feel like I had read the last few issues, you know, the day before I picked this up. So, That's a tough yeah, now, yeah, it's a great, I mean, I love, I, I love Ryan Otley. I mean, the dude can do no wrong in my, in my book. His, his stuff is just beautiful. It's, it's, uh, it's like classic superhero art, you know, I, I mean, for lack of a better, I mean, I'm not an artist, so I, I, I don't pretend to describe it in the most <laughs> illustrative way, but it's just classic, good-looking Clean lines, great art, and uh, and the story is good. You know, I'm I'm a little nervous because I know that uh, I've heard some criticism the last few months from you know caters and some other people about the the latest direction of Invincible, um, and it's kind of I guess been in their minds going a little slow. So I'm interested I've, to see. I've heard, it, I've heard it's not reading in singles as well as it once did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it may, see, yeah. you, you'll you'll probably be fine in the hardcovers. I've just heard it's it's not having the monthly payoff that it used to. Mm-hmm. You know, I had never read Invincible or thought about reading it until Vince, actually. Vince was <laughs> praising the hardcovers, actually, back in the bullpen bulletins days. 
and uh, toward the back, end, I back think. when we should have been talking about Marvel. <laughs> yeah, and so I went out. Actually, after that episode, I went out and got the first one and loved it, and I've uh, been reading it ever since. And and I I really don't think it's hyperbole to say this is one of the the five best superhero comic books on the shelves. It really is. It's, it's that oh, good. It's, um, yep. To me, it's everything. I mean, I'm not reading Spider Man as you guys will full well know, and I know it's it's back to a time. It seems like it's really had a renaissance. But um, up until the reboot of, of, of Spider-Man, I would tell people that Invincible is is what you should be reading if you miss the Spider-Man that we all loved as, yeah. as when we were younger. You know, that's, yeah, it's, in, that's in, Invincible that. was Invincible was Amazing Spider-Man before Amazing Spider-Man got back on course. Yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah. That's a fair comparison. Yeah. So, now, Vince, you're reading the hardcovers too, right? So no, I'm buying the monthlies. Oh, you have been? Yeah, I've switched over because oh. I I can't wait. So for the next uh, hardcover to come out, I, I need oh, okay. I need it all as soon as, as soon as it comes out. I need it. Yeah. So the, would the, you agree with the criticism though, or is it still holding strong for you? Oh, I, I've I haven't made it to the Invincible War yet. Mm-hmm. I, I let I let them stack up as I do all things. Okay. So, but yeah, like so. I said, I need it every month, but I let it stack up. Figure that out. Uh, no, and it's only because of the show that I've let it stack up. Back in the bullpen days, I was reading that shit. Them in six issue. <laughs> no, when we were doing the bullpen, I was reading Invincible. Bang! Every time it came out. But now I have to diversify. I can't be talking about the same thing every week. So I kind of let things stack up a little bit. But the thing I like most about Kirkman's writing is the spontaneity. You never know. One second you'll have this tranquil scene and everything seems wonderful and everybody's, you know, petting the puppy and, and, and with the rainbows. And then the next page you'll have guts splattered all across a double-page spread. Somebody getting their head ripped off and there's blood everywhere. And, you know, it, that's what I like about Invincible. I can never pin it down. I don't know where it's going. Uh, and and, it, and it's it's always fresh because of that. Yeah. Anyone can give die. A Bill Crabtree as well. Oh yeah. Just, I mean the colors are just beautiful. Yep. Yep. You're right. I miss Brett. Well, yeah, I didn't know Brett, but uh, but no, I, I, I if you like Invincible, you'd like Brett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the way they have the Kirkman verse set up now, Brett can always make an appearance in 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 one of his books. Oh, in fact, oh. he's in he's in this hardcover. Yeah. Pretty much. I, that was such a fun book. Yeah, I, I I am mystified by how long it took for this to come out, though. And I, I actually wrote Kirkman directly, but he never responded. So, he shipping on time? He's, and on he's, the, he's the COO, you know. So I understand. He's still yeah. but, he's uh, doing good. We're, uh, we're what? We're almost to June, and they haven't missed a haven't missed a day yeah, yet. That's right? true. But yeah. but it, I mean this, this collects up to issue forty seven. So that's what uh, almost two years now. Yeah, it's almost two years worth of comics. Or what a year and a half, and uh, and the heart and I I paid for this thing through DCBS, God uh, I think nine ten months ago. Oh yeah, yeah we remember so, that. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm, and there I'm it is, it magic, magically appeared at your house. There you yep. go. All better now. And to speak, I think it speaks volumes for the Spider-Man Invincible connection that they actually shared an issue of Marvel Team Up. Yep, indeed they did. Yep, uh-huh. which was really cool. Yeah, there you go. I yeah. picked up something on your all's uh, recommendation. Mm. Uh, Scrooge McDuck. Uh, I already Some had people that. Life, this. Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck. That's awesome, by the way, Jason. If you've never read it, <laughs> no, I have actually. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> for those for those of you like me that are reading and loving the War of Kings stuff, especially the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff and the miniseries, the Road to War of Kings trade paperback came out today, which has the um, 
the X-Men story, which kind of King apparently Hunter. will explain to me why Havoc is leading the uh, the Starjammers. So that came out today, and I'm really looking forward to, uh, to reading it because War of Kings has been really awesome. Let me ask David a question. And you, you feel, or, or would, because you're reading this stuff. During the whole Vulcan episode when Professor X got dumped into the McCran crystal, did they ever make anything out of that? Because that's when I stopped that, reading it, right after what, that. Yeah, that, that's, um, that's what led to Legacy. How's that? Well, his mind got jacked up. Oh, his so... His mind gets jacked up, and they bring him back to Earth, and then they have to... That's what happens. That's why Hepzibah and War, they, they come back to Earth with him. Half of them, they split up. They bring him back to Earth, and, and then they can't come back because they blow up the, the, the whatever the Stargate they called. So they're stuck on Earth, and they brought him back to try and save him. And that's when, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, the, uh, the Acolyte, uh, the name escapes me, but the, the, the Magneto's second-in-command. Yes. Exodus. Cortez. Exodus, yeah, yeah. Exodus, right. Exodus rebuilds Xavier's mind, and then you get the first... Because it's the only acolyte I remember yeah, from Yeah, you get the first, uh, <laughs> first you know, year's worth of X-Men Legacy is, is Xavier trying to go back and build his memories. Oh, okay, I get it now. Legacy meaning he's trying to recapture... Exactly. Oh, nice, nice. Because I, I always thought it odd that you had a big to-do, like being dumped into the Macaron Crystal. The, the source, isn't that the source of the Phoenix's power? And then all of a sudden, like... You know, nothing. So, obviously, there was something. So, yeah, thanks for filling me out on that. No problem, brother. Chris is going to be savvy about this soon. I was going to say, I'll be able to fill you in on this shit soon. (laughs) Yeah, baby. (laughs) What's up? What do you mean, Uh, Betsy's back? What the hell? (laughs) Myra Myra McTaggart. Let me just say that (laughs) I I know that you'll be thanking me at the end of this little adventure. Oh, We'll we'll see we'll see I'm I promise I will go in with an open mind and with uh, encouraged about being entertained. We'll just yeah. say. So yeah. I have to say I, I love I love Twitter, but when I posted on Twitter, hey, I need Chris to read a couple books. What does everyone recommend? I mean, <laughs> you should be Supergirl. No, people are. Like, <laughs> Or like, oh, make a read you know, Fear Agent or make a read Scalped. I'm like, uh, I'm read you those. You're, to the you're show, obviously you know? not listening to the show. Well, guys, like, the I know. I'm read Queen of Country. I hear it's good. Thanks for playing. It's like actually, actually, Wood, you'll you'll, you'll you'll be thanking Chris for like getting you hooked on Eddie Barrow's art after like an issue and a half, and then ending up with a Pat Olaf clone. Oh, you always gotta kick them in uh, the well, kid I know Eddie Barrow's don't you? Hello, everybody. This is Frankie, the Dildinator. I just want to make sure everyone's reading DC Comics' The Mighty by Pete Tomasi and Peter Schneisberg as the art. Beautiful art. It's about a superhuman character of, like, Superman-like qualities. And he has an organization who does, like, reconnaissance work for him. But I, I suspect Foul Play from Alpha One is the name of the character. It's a great comic book. Peter Tomasi is a great writer. He's coming off uh, Nightwing, a beautiful run on Nightwing. And he's writing Green Lantern Core right now, beautifully. And Peter Snyberg is a beautiful artist. And he's only going to be in for a little while. I think Chris Somney is taking over. More beautiful art. So just... I just want to make sure everyone's reading that comic book, because I want that to have a long run. And beware the Dildonator. 
Wolverine Weapon X came out. Uh, number two came out today. How was it? I haven't read it yet. I don't know. It's. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just I'm announcing just, it. I'm just announcing just, shit. Just, I, I, I don't know. I tripped over it on the way to the good stuff. I didn't read it yet, but I have it. I'm just saying I bought a Wolverine Weapon X book, okay? So it's not like I haven't read a book with X in the title in 20 years, okay? Nice. So even you know, we should be making your ass read Messiah War because it is really good. It's like, oh, well, yeah, well, no, he should he should read Messiah Complex first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I guess so. You, you, you get a big part of the story. You're right. We'll see where that ends up. David. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Let's hear something. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, no, I was going to be quiet this week because I, I kind of started everything going with the whole um, warning slash labels. And I don't... I don't know if I have. That was you last going, week. But you got to go. I know. I pushed I, it over. I pushed it over the cliff. I know. That's what I'm saying, though. So, like, if I if if I'm, I don't mind being quiet this week. The uh, hey, did you know Mary Jane's back? <laughs> in August, yeah, boy. I, I got a kick speaking, out of that. Speaking like of redheads, I said I liked that the solicit poked fun at themselves. This is like dark rain, Mary Jane, or dark, something. Mary, yeah, dark, <laughs> that that was cute. No, the thing that made me giggle a little bit was like people are. What, what I perceive as genuinely enthused that Mary Jane is coming back. Holy crap! Look, it's Mary Jane's bad. back in Spider-Man. Mary Jane's been back for a while. It's just well, I'm, that- wait, I'm waiting to have the people go. Mary Jane's back. It means that 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 obviously one more day was such a mistake, and they're going back to the old stuff. No. And it's like, yeah, no, no, no dude. No, bat, she's back like she was before they she, were married. She didn't go anywhere. It's, right. She, she, She's like killed her. Yeah, like, really? It's like she's still there. She left him. She tried to leave a message on his answer machine. She's still in his life. Yeah. Hey, as I'm long not- as they don't start throwing her to look like Kirsten Dunst, we're all good. Yes. Yeah, with them floppy pancake titties without the bra, you're right. <laughs> just, just, snaggle tooth. just don't get Salvador LaRocca on the book. You're right. <laughs> no, I, I am not the biggest Campbell fan in the world. But that is a very nice cover. It is. It really is. It's yeah. cute. Yeah. It was nice. David, I'm. We're sorry for interrupting your. Uh, no, your uh, sorry. No, you were going somewhere. <laughs> Continue. No, I'm just gonna. Um, I I read the third issue of Oracle: The Cure. Oh, me too. Yeah, what'd you think of it? I I was so hoping that the series was gonna go in a different direction. I mean, meaning I didn't. I, for, meaning that no, I I like, wasn't. I would have liked a um. I would have liked it. It was a complete story. As far yeah. as you know, when you get to the last page, you you know, I mean, obviously, but the whole thing with the end and then next back yeah. rule number yeah. one, it's like, okay, so 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 the people who were bitching about Marvel for pulling shit like this, are they going to say anything about this, or is it just is it going to get a pass? Oh, it, well, it, it, they totally do to me. I mean, I, me. <laughs> they no, totally not do you. To me. I I, uh, I only bought it because I thought, and you know, shame on me for having preconceptions, but I I bought it thinking that we were going to. You know, get her back to the land of the walking. And right. So did I, I. I see. Okay. All right, well, all right. Well, oh, it's cure. really devious marketing. Uh, okay. In no, the title, see, because when no. I hear the cure, I well, wouldn't think of that because she. What's the cure? She's a bullet went through her spine. It's not like it was magic or something. So I, I never oh, would have thought because yeah, that would have, never happen in the comic. No, book. I'm just saying that I wouldn't. I wouldn't have got. When I see the cure, I didn't think she'd be walking. But that, that that's on me. Then that's fine. But they've they've tickled our. 
something so often with Barbara Gordon that it makes me mad. You, okay. you had you had the whole thing before one year later where she and Dick were kind of getting real chummy, and you thought, oh, this is this is where these characters should be. Dick and and Barbara that they're made for each other, and then after one year, the this, the next thing one year later starts, and they're they're apart again. You know, and it's just like do something with Barbara Gordon other than have her sit in a wheelchair and tell people shit. Well, did you guys take it the way I did, which is that Wendy is going to be the new Batgirl and Barbara is going to be kind of her mentor? Is that? Oh, I didn't read it. Oh, okay. It's, is that what you yeah, David? Was, was Wendy, uh, is Wendy Calculator's girl? Yeah, and that was the big reveal of the three issue series. Wendy and, you know, Wendy and Marvin were in the Teen Titans of late, and we don't, we don't find out that it's Calculator's daughter until. Wait, she gets jacked up. Indian Marvels. <laughs> I thought they got eaten by the dog. They got attacked by the dog, and she got crippled. Oh, okay. So, and then he blames he blames all the heroes for not protecting her. The of Titans course. Stuff, so, yeah. right. Meanwhile, he's going on his own killing spree in the uh, in, in the virtual reality program. But yeah. the uh, the covers by by Gilliam March, who um, basically, if if there's any chance for him to to draw Barbara's cleavage, he's he's going to jump on that opportunity. Well, not a bad thing. Bless you. The, the the third cover is very is a lot more manga esque than the previous two. It, but that's that, I mean you know here now she's on the floor wheelchair on its side behind her with so it's I, I don't I I was kind of I would have liked something but and this is on me again I realize why it has battle for the cow banner on the cover I get that because they want to sell copies it, exactly but it has. Absolute. Aside from Gordon in the first issue, it hasn't have a damn thing to do with anything yeah. in the Batman universe. And out of all the battle for the cowls, whether it's Azrael or the Network or Underground, and was it Underground where um oh crap where uh, Pablo Ramondi continues his photo reference skills with uh, with using Danny <laughs> DeVito from Batman Returns as the Penguin in every single panel. Oh boy, um, it's uh. A, a, the other battle for the cows, I can understand. This, that's my my problem for looking at a cover, seeing the banner, having it nothing to do with the story. You know, once I that, turn that's, the cover, well, that's not your problem. No, you, no, as as a as an intelligent thinking person, you see battle for the cowl on the cover. You you damn well expect it should at least have something at least cursory to do with the series, right? Well. I, yeah, maybe I mean, I'm I'm gullible, but if if I buy something that says Blackest Night on the cover and it just has one page of a lantern streaking <laughs> through space and that's sky. it, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, red, you know, red sky or, or or Secret Wars too. But I, I think at this point, most comic book fans that have been around the block a couple times should hopefully know that when there's something like Battle for the Cow or Dark Rain or whatever that you don't have to buy them right. all. The, sure, stick, sure. St stick with the titles that you already Fair. read, and if you are really excited about it, pick up pick up the main the main story. Like War Kings, I'm reading War Kings and Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not I'm not reading all the other War of Kings stuff. I don't, I don't think I need to. Um, right. So, but I'll tell you, I'm a bit gun shy as far as Blackest Night goes. Because uh, yeah, it's 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 set up to be a very big event. I mean, there's lots. This month solicits there's what there's four, three or four miniseries tied to it. Black Bat, Blackest Night, Black Batman, Blackest Night, Superman, 
I'm going to read the miniseries, and I'm going to read Green Lantern Corps and, and Green Lantern, and I'm going to let Tom or whoever else let me know what other books are important, and otherwise I'm not going to worry about it. Right. But see, when you have the luxury of having a great comic shop in your area where you can actually look through these things before you buy them, that, yeah. that, that's a big boon to you as a consumer because you can make a decision right there on the spot. But people sure. who pre-order the books, like myself, mm-hmm. especially in the case, and, and yeah, and, and Wood and, and David, especially in the case of something like a three-issue Barbara Gordon miniseries where... Right, you're done. You're in for three before you even get... You've paid for three issues before you even get the first one. Yep. So it, it, it's really the, tough. That, but that, people that, would that, say that's, 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 that's the trade-off. Right, that's the trade-off for pre-ordering and saving money. So I can I can live with that. I guess. But uh, back to Blackest Night. I made the mistake of reading some of the solicits, and, mm-hmm. you know, shame on me, but it looks to me like the Superman one's going to really matter. And say something like the Blackest Night Titans. I don't really have to read that. Yeah. But but the thing that gets me is, aside from the fact that comic book companies have to take something that's really really good and turn it into shit at every opportunity, because you had the the Sinestro Corps War, which was this beautiful, self-contained, just magnificent story, and then oh hey, this is successful. We gotta spread this fucker out through as many titles as we can. They did it with Planet Hulk, surprise success for Marvel. And what they do, they just spread it all through the Marvel Universe in a bunch of titles. But that's beyond, besides the point. What, what I was trying to say is, I forgot what I was trying to say. Holy crap. <laughs> he ran it himself into a I, circle. I, I did. Oh, oh, here's where I wanted to go. No, if you, if you have a three-issue Blackest Night Superman story that, to me, judging by the f- cover of the first issue, is going to be really important to... Superman in terms of Blackest Night. Why isn't John's taking this and putting it in the main story? I only got so many pages. You know, only write so many books. You know, it's, but then that, um, that 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 brings up the the are these things integral to the story? Why are they being done? If if well, let's maybe. just play let's just play devil's advocate and say okay, somebody digs up you know. Uh, Pa Kent, for, for example, and, and makes him a, a Black Lantern. Well, you know, I think that would be pretty damn important to the story as far as Superman goes. Why yeah. is that in a miniseries, other than the fact that they want more of your money? And, yeah, and I guess I, mean, I just answered my own question. <laughs> that's, that's what it comes down to, but it depends on how it's handled in the mini. Um, I think the miniseries needs to be where the story is told, and I think that's been a problem in in some of the events that have come out in the last few years is that they have the the actual miniseries has not been the spine it's been kind of the the story in between the action and that's not a good thing right you it's know? it's very it's definitely not a good thing and, and and i look at it as if you bought a novel by stephen king and i know comic books are not novels it's two different blah 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 blah, blah whatever yeah. you bought a novel by stephen king and there's a section where the characters go from point A to point B. He doesn't tell you what happens between point A and point B. And you have to buy a three-chapter book by Dean Koontz to find out what happened. <laughs> yeah, that's a good comparison. It's nuts. Oh, wait, though. Yeah. How, uh, now, Superman isn't even in his own comic book right now. That's so maybe true. there maybe there's no place to put Jonathan Kent rising from the grave 
within action or Superman with Monel and Guardian and right. and all this. So I can understand, especially if it's self. I mean, it may play into the bigger eight chapter Blackest Night, but if it's self-contained in those three issues, then I don't see a lot of the harm in that, especially if it can't fit into whatever Rucka or Robinson or anybody or Johns is doing in the main Superman stuff. Yeah. And then you have... Teen Titans, on the other hand, I right. don't see an excuse for that. Yeah, it's that's just... It's crazy, but it, it it's it's not an unexpected form of crazy because we know they're going to do yeah. it. Yeah, and you can't judge it before it comes out. It's, that's right. Just, that's right. You can just be cautious. It's right. also it's Matt Fraction and Doug B. Braithwaite did the Secret Invasion Thor three parter on its own without interfering with what JMS and Quapo were doing in the Thor quote unquote monthly ongoing. It's it, it that's running its story. They can do their own story. So this way now, whatever's going on in the Titans' Blackest Night won't interfere with whatever McKeever or anybody else is doing. And and right. so I can understand at least that now I can I can have my event over here. It's not interrupting my ongoing. I can continue this. It's this story is is doing its own thing, and I'm happy with that. I don't have to worry about the big event. So it's right. you're, you're not gonna. It's yeah. Yeah, I guess a good story is its own reward. If you paid two ninety nine for three issues and you were rewarded with a good story, that doesn't really make all that much. It doesn't have all that import in as far as the the overarching story that it's part of. Hmm. You, you did get a good story out of it, which I can understand right. that. Okay, that's that's enough for some people, but. I don't know. I, I just look at it as you're telling a story, yet you have to go to other sources to flesh out areas of that story. It's, well, a, me- it's a mechanic they've been using for years, but right. it still boggles my mind. I think you well, touched on it. I think the, the thing that all that I think is fair, excuse me, of fans to ask is that if you choose just to read Blackest Night, that you get a fully complete and satisfying story. If they do that, which I have, I actually have a lot of faith that Johns will do that because he's been building this for so long. Then all the ancillary stuff, it's totally up to you to buy and try what you think you might want. If it, I think they should. There, there has to be a point to them, right? So I think they should augment. Ideally, they should augment your appreciation for the main story, right. so that if you read them, you feel like you're getting even more out of the story than you otherwise would have. But at the same point in time, it's the balancing act, such that there shouldn't be anything in there where you read it and say, "Oh my God, I that should have been in the main book." If people aren't reading this, they're going to be so so confused, right? So I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's and that's where I think the latest events have kind of fallen asunder, right? Which is that both with with both both Final Crisis and Secret Invasion, there was stuff in some of the ancillary titles where I think really helped understand and appreciate the the main books, and that's to me somewhat of a failure. I think right. you have to they, they have to avoid that. So I have faith though. Look, this is John's baby. I'm really excited for it. Um, you know, I don't think I'm going to be buying most of those minis. I am buying the one shots because they look kind of cool. But I'm I'm not. You know, I'll just kind of pick and choose. And if 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 it turns out from the the blogosphere and the podcasting world that 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 one or two of them are really important, then yeah, you can always run to the store and pick them up. You know, not pretty. My, right. my rule of thumb on events is going with low expectations. Yeah. And, yeah. Going right. with low expectations, and um, you might be pleasantly surprised. But I know what Ace. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say. Then again, you'll have that one miniseries that I always equate to Ripley in Aliens. I, I was back in the day. I was a huge 
collector of of laser discs, and there was a scene excised from a- Aliens where Sigourney Weaver was sitting on a say a virtual park bench on the ship, and she was mourning her dead daughter. Ripley had a daughter, and she was she was looking at the photo, and you know that was cut from the movie, but that makes everything that she went through with Newt in Aliens make a whole lot more sense. Yeah. It makes everything resonate more. Right, but but James Cameron cut that scene out for whatever wacky reason, but that transforms the whole movie. Once in a while, you'll get a miniseries that does that to the main story. It just, and, that, and that's what I'm hoping the Superman thing does. If I'm going to spend the money on it, you know, I'm hoping that it, it, it matters. But like I said, then again, if it mattered that much, it should be in the main story. But I'm just we'll a see. jaded well, comic fan, I, I guess. On uh, on AC this week, you talked a bit about Green Lantern Corps, and um, I I actually just had caught up as well. I was about three issues behind, so I just read the latest stuff. Very very cool. Wasn't that, that last issue just dense? Yeah, definitely, definitely true. So great. I'm loving the story, and I I've been reading it from the start, and I I'm I just was curious if you've noticed Patrick Gleason getting a little. Mm, rushed or a little bit looser with his line work of late. I, 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 the reason I ask is because I don't remember it being a problem in prior arcs, but in this last arc, when there's the uh, all the stuff going on in the science cells, some of those illustrations, I don't even... I, I, I couldn't honestly tell what was happening. Like, in terms of all the different creatures and stuff, there was such lack, lack of detail that I really couldn't... Yeah, uh, was, I could I mean, tell it was, there was a it was, melee, but I couldn't see any real anatomy that made sense. It was just sort of a melee of, of bodies, almost, yeah, almost expressionist. Cra- well, I mean, you never know. I mean, cra- a crazy batshit scene like that. And, hey, man, <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a comic artist. I don't sure. know the the ins and outs of the process, you know, as much as I would maybe even like to. But you never know whenever that comes down to inking and color, um, mm-hmm. is, especially whenever it's a big, you know, very few Scott Koblishes out there. You know that can yeah, take sure. a really complex scene like that and and mm-hmm. ink it well, or or even you know I'm starting to realize that coloring uh, plays into that a lot. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. And that and artists change styles, and so Gleason may be changing things up. And well, they got a big fucking event that they got to keep on pace with. So sure. he may he may be having to say, well, I could have spent another four hours on that page, but uh, I can't. Yeah. But you even know I, even you know though. Even though it was somewhat vague, was it still good enough? Where where you said to yourself, I mean, "Well, you know, that, I never, that's... I never lost myself." It was a big ass, crazy prison break scene with yeah. like aliens. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's not the it's not the amazing poster art that maybe you would want a scene like that to be. But yeah, yeah I mean, you just you you definitely got the feeling that that you know shit was breaking loose on Oa. Yeah. yeah, the story's and, so good that it I, I it wasn't I wasn't disappointed to the you know, but I I would say that I do I I think his art was, and Chris is right maybe it's stylistic who knows that but but I I certainly was having a little bit more trouble with the storytelling in the last few issues than I had before that but but right. but certainly the the key points were not lost I mean it it it, it there's still it's very very good read and I do think that anyone that's not 
that's just reading Green Lantern, I, I think you should be reading Green Lantern Corps as well. Oh, In fact, yeah. I'd say mm-hmm. it's, it's often a better book. I mean, um, I would I, say... I was going to say, I might be enjoying yeah. it better than Green yeah, Lantern. Right. In any right given now. month, it's actually maybe a better read than... than it's a no, much I, faster I would, pace but than it's, Green Lantern. It's, it's got Kyle in it, so I can't, so... Oh. Uh, but oh, it, I thought uh, it was always Kyle. Uh, it's always Kyle. David, <laughs> David, 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 was Mongol always like a total badass, or was was he sort of always easily defeated? Well, this, this is, is Mongol's this son. Is Mongol's son. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, school me on that. This so this is not the Mongol that has been around for a long time. No, this Mongol's is the dead. Mongol that gave Superman his gift from the annual. Okay. okay. This yeah. is not, or is it's not. It's not. Okay. This is his son. Yeah. This is the Mongol that, in a fit of rage, murdered his own sister. Yeah. Right. Okay. But yeah. All you, to, all, all, you have, all you have to know is that for Green Lantern Corps and all this, he is the Mussolini to uh, Sinestro's Hitler. Right. Okay. Right. He's, yeah. he's 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 a dictator. He is a warmonger. Well, no, all that's he, clear. I'm just curious. Is like, has he always been, or I guess his father was Mongol? Always like a super hard to defeat villain. Yeah, he, I, he's yeah. he is a. He's a Superman villain, so they okay. have him on power scale. That, that yeah, he can um, go toe to toe with Superman. Well, I love the idea. You, you should ask the people of Coast City about Mongol. Oh, oh, because oh. they all dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of a cosmic version of beating someone to death with their own arm, which is basically what Mongol's doing. <laughs> yeah. you know, his rip, arm gets ripped off, so he rip. uses it as a yeah. freaking weapon and has it beat shit out of other people across. across the <laughs> who's who's the uh, who's the uh, Sinestro core version of uh, base of Kilowog? <laughs> Arkelo, <laughs> ripped his yeah. damn tongue out. I know, and Arkillo's wearing. And he wears it around his neck. Yeah. Yeah. He wears it's it gotta, as a necklace. It's got to dry out, don't you think, after a while? I would it's think. Maybe, maybe, scaly and uh, shit. Maybe he sticks it in his eating. mouth every once in a while. Yeah, there's uh, in the opening, in the scene where he puts it around his neck, you see all these flies just eating at it. It's gross. Nice. But oh, it's an all ages book. Don't worry about it. Everybody can oh, read it. Oh, that's not oh, objectionable. Oh, oh, Arkillo, why, why do you wear that around your necklace? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the ladies love them, though. Yeah. They love yeah. them. Yeah, that's fine. But, but back to Gleason, just for a second. Uh, you know, when you're that super tight w- with your pencils, uh-huh. I you know, it's. I would guess it would be really hard to sustain top speed like that for a, sure, a, sure. a stretch. So maybe, maybe he's just feeling the pressure. I don't know. Got to look at all the variables. That, it's going to be interesting to see what Mankey does on uh, Green Lantern. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm w- touching myself right What now. happens to Gleason's art after it leaves his, his hands? That's what you got to take into consideration, yeah. and you know, the, the, who knows? Mm-hmm. Who the hell yep. knows? I, I I can't lie or deny it. It's it's as as soon as I see an artist do like three or four issues, and then they need someone else to come in. I'm I seem to really kind of get on their case. But I noticed in Rebels number four that mm-hmm. there was a uh, Claude Saint Aubin was the penciler mm-hmm. and not and not Mr. Clark. And it took me a few pages to realize that something was amiss in this okay. in this issue. Well, and that's he a good did, thing. It, it is a great thing. I I mean I don't I don't want somebody to hide their style. I don't want somebody to I mean we were uh, on the forum, we were talking about Dan Pinosian and how in the nineties he was very you know, he he looked like all the other image artists, but he did a he did an X Men Origins Sabretooth. He's doing a, uh, I think he's doing an issue of Agents of Atlas in in August, and his style has he's if you go to his website or to his blog, 
he can adapt to just about any style. And and apparently, I mean, just judging by this one issue of Rebels, so can uh, St. Aubin. Because he's got, he, he seems to have, well, with and, and of course with Anchor Scott Hanna, but he seems to have the, the Matthew Clark style with the... Um, it, it reminds me of Howard Shaken and, and how he used to use the Zipatone for, for, for dots. Is it, it? It is. Is it? Is it Andy Clark who did who did the first three issues? Mm-hmm. Okay. His his he's got some of that style down, but then you see some close ups on some faces or some action or in a group shot where, where, where there's a lot of things going on in a panel. It's it doesn't really look like what we're used to from the first three issues, but it it didn't. It wasn't so drastic where I'm like, okay, this is a completely different artist, and and now I just have to get used to this for an issue. He, it's I, not like I, did it exactly, or or right. yeah, or, or or when you go from uh, Clayton Henry to uh, to Hardman because of the flashback issue scenes in, in Agents of Atlas. There's nothing jarring there, and it 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 for a whole issue, it it worked. Now I don't know if Clark will be back for issue five. I I you know, but it's. I, I can't really cry foul here because he, it, it it didn't completely ape Clark's work, but it's still he it, it still felt like Clark in in a lot of a lot of pages, and and that was pretty cool. Rebels is a great book. It really is. Oh, yeah. Let's enjoy okay. it while we can, boys. Uh, I, you know, I, I think you're right, but yeah. you know, and and one of our callers brought this up. It, it's it's the underdog books that are the real shining stars of the Marvel yeah. and DC catalog. Absolutely. Yep. Hey man, I'm I'm uh, Captain Britain. Mi13 is gone, so I'm gonna enjoy Agents of Atlas and when Guardians of the Galaxy because it's not gonna run for 300 issues. Whenever that book wraps up, it's gonna make me sad because it is. I look so forward to reading that every month. It's it's like a little Christmas every month with Guardians yep. of the Galaxy. I think that that book will get a good kick in the ass from War of Kings. So we well, may get another 25, 30 issues out of it just because of se- se- you know, se- Secret Invasion propelled Captain Britain on for a good 12 issues. So, so. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I just hope they collect the entirety of the series in one volume and make it a nice hardcover so we can all have a, a good time with it. <laughs> up 11 o'clock this is Haas I got a message for Chris Chris I was on Facebook today and I was chatting with Grant Rucker I think I'm going to take his spot as, as his number one fan better watch out for me later bye what's up 11 o'clock this is Haas again just wanted to make sure you guys got my first message about me taking Chris's spot as Grant Rucker's number one fan um yeah just watch out I'm coming to get you before you know what my name will be in and his books as acknowledgments, and um, you'll be on the street. So, um, Chris, be scared, and look out for me. Peace. Bye. I hope Marvel keeps uh, keeps Cornell busy. I like him. Mm-hmm. I like him. Oh, yeah, he's yes. great. He's, well, he's gotten... Um, it's like you go back and you read the the Wisdom miniseries, mm-hmm. and which is great um, conceptually. It's a really cool story, but I mean, there's there's a few bumpy parts in, in the in the series, and I think over the course of of Captain Britain, he's he's really come a long way as a, as a comic writer because he's a, he's a TV guy. He's written uh, uh, Doctor Who and, and and that kind of stuff. I think he's a, a screenwriter turned comic book novel writer. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's a he's a writer, and writers write, but I think he's really starting to get a grasp of the the comic book concept, and uh, and I, that book is fun. That last issue of Captain Britain was probably the best one in the series, just as far as like you know pacing and and just you know the comic book conventions stuff that that you can kind of rely on to tell um, convincing stories. I mean, there's some really cool stuff that he did in that book. All right. And a hell of a nice guy too, and super accessible, which is really neat. That that you can contact him on Twitter, on his blog. I mean, w- when David and I interviewed him, all we did send him an email. Yeah, sure. Well, we, I'm not dropping a, a Neesman. What, what what episode was that? Oh, I don't know numbers. It it was towards towards the tail end of it. But yeah, we had a good time with Paul Cornell at the time writing Wisdom. I love that series. Mm-hmm. He 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 shot. He aimed really high on that. It's cool. You can yeah. get that trade now. Yep. Did Hairsign do the do the art on all the issues? Oh, oh you'd ask me that. Yeah, I would, and I did. Don't know. <laughs> and I, he doesn't there, know. There, I mean, it would be a first if he did. I'm just asking. I don't know. You're gonna make me get up and find this trade, aren't you? No, but, no. Well, but, okay. doesn't Vince have something to talk about? No, geez, I I won't have enough time. I'll save it for next week. Oh, all right. Yeah, we're we're in we're an hour and fifty minutes already. So yeah, wow, we're all over the place. Then, damn, we didn't hit anything on the agenda like there ever is one. No, no, no. and makes for makes for our best stuff. It it does. I had fun. I did. (laughs) Can I can I get one last one in here? (laughs) I love it when he asks. He always he's very polite. He's he's the most polite podcaster on the planet. Shit, Uh, you are Johnny Hero. Oh, I heard a lot about that. This looks really cool, and I picked it up just because it, it looks neat, and I was like, oh, man, this!" I was uh, the cover is on the inside inside jacket, and I was like, this thing's going to watch. It's going to be like 30 bucks. It's fourteen ninety five, and it is, I don't know, a lot of pages. They're, they're not numbered. It's, it is a very, very thick, what I would, it's not a trade. I mean, it's, a, it's an original graphic novel um, for the manga fans out there there i think that you will appreciate the artwork it looks just um out there crazy fun the um uh here's the uh the write-up from davy rothbert who is from found magazine and this american life says johnny hero is the kind of hero we can truly relate to fred chow's drawings are dynamic and vivid his storytelling full of charm his johnny hero volumes are among the most relentlessly likable books on my shelf and it does it it's got big ass dinosaurs running around people with swords and just crazy ass stuff in here but it looks like it's it's a ton of fun but uh yeah johnny hero who publishes that it is published by ad house books nice i love their stuff uh one thing that i noticed which which um pushed me right over the edge is that um fred chow is the uh, the creator of this, and he has done work in the Awesome and Awesome Two uh, anthologies. Yep, the, which is um, uh, our buddies uh, Charlito and Mister Phil over at Indie Spinner Rack. That's the anthology that they that they are uh, big in putting together. Uh, oh, at the Awesome Two, um, what, what's it called? Awesomer. Awesomer. Yeah, it's coming out by Top mm-hmm. Shelf. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so yeah, the knowing that he does the stuff uh, on the awesome anthologies, I was like, "Yep, yeah, I'll pick it up." But it looks it looks great, Vince. I think I think it's something that you would, in particular, I think that you would dig. Oh, and I have to give you props. We were talking with 
Tony Moore, dang, there's your name drop for the week. Um, he and Jason Aaron um, pulled a lot of inspiration from uh, Gyo. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I heard that. Know, I was smiling. I know. J- J- Jason Aaron had posted some pages on his blog at one point, and, uh, and they're both huge fans of that. So good call on the manga recommendation. And uh, um, Sal picked it up this week and showed it to me and you're right it looks fucking awesome i'm gonna have it is you, really you, good you bastard you did it um i'm gonna have to read it because it looks re- <laughs> it big yeah it's fucking fish with like spider leg bodies and shit i mean it's yeah it's wild crazy yeah. shit it's very yes. cool looking so, and, and it's, it's it's expertly done too yeah <laughs> hey 11 o'clock comics this is selena hernandez from chibi comics I wanted to say thanks to Vince for his terrific review of Gyo. It's one of my all-time favorite horror manga. And I also wanted to say thanks to everyone in the forums for participating in the Chibi Comics Sketchathon this past weekend. You guys rock. Take care. Bye. You mentioned Found Magazine in in your your uh, yeah. quote for. Have oh, you Found ever seen that? Cool. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I, that is one of my all-time favorite magazines. Sounds very cool. Jason, do you know the, the gist of Found Magazine? I do not know. It's exactly what it sounds like. It, it, people find you know, notes Stop. on the ground on their way to work, and they'll send it into the magazine. It's completely out of context, but it's, it, it speaks a lot about the people who actually wrote these notes. There, there are like things misspelled or just, just a general tone of the note, like, you left your rubber in my car, my girlfriend found it. It's, it's <laughs> all out of context stuff, but it, it's, it's totally mesmerizing. They have Polaroid pictures of... Anything in there that you know, and it's and it's all just off the cuff. Stuff it's a found. brilliant, brilliant magazine. Yeah, but I bought a pair of pants at the at the thrift store, and there was this note in it, so I'll send it to Found Magazine. That's the kind huh? of stuff that appears in there. It's great stuff. It's like the magazine version of reality TV. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, uh, if I, yeah, uh, just, uh, found same fan. Yeah, love uh, it, Chris. Just to, I, I have to definitely back you up on the Johnny Hero. I, I, um, it was actually uh, Eisner nominated. Fred, Fred Chow is interesting. He, you know, he. It's another case of the uh, independent creator, um, you know, kind of pursuing a passion with no, you know, at one point, I think after the second issue of that came out, it was either second or third, um, he, he put a thing in the on his blog and just said, I can't, can, I can't finish the book um, because I just, uh, I'm just not, you know, I, I have a real job and I have to make a living. And I can't, yeah, I can't, you know, it's just not selling well enough. I can't justify the time because he does it all himself. And uh, then he got nominated for an Eisner. And uh, and he decided to keep keep you know keep going, and it, I think it was really a good decision because um, he actually has come to the last two um, podcast dinners at New York Comic Con. He was at the Vince. He was at the one this year as well. Um, what the hell was I doing? I don't know. Yeah, he was there. He's he's really tight with the indie spinnerack guys, as Chris said. Um, but he's a super uh, nice guy, and he's laughing at Julian Lytle's. Yeah, stuff. yeah, and he uh, so yeah, it's it's he's. He decided to keep going at it, and I think he's you know now he's committed to the long haul, and I think he's gotten a lot of attention. So hopefully there'll be lots more from Fred Chow and Johnny Hero to come. I was excited. I walked into Dark Tower tonight, and he had uh, three or four copies sitting up on the counter. And it's a fun, like, fun story. Yeah. It's a real so, fun uh, story. Yeah, yeah it, w- it looks crazy. Another guy that I think may have done some stuff in the Awesomer, or I'd actually I had met him at uh, at Andy Spinner Rack's table in New York a couple years ago. Was uh, GB mm-hmm. Tran. Which is another guy that you should that you should um, look up. 
um, GB does some really, really cool stuff. I'm trying to think of the name of his book. Here I am um, talking about how much I liked it, and I can't. It's uh, communication is the is the theme in it, and I can't uh, I can't remember the name of the book. But yeah, GB Tran. It's T R A N. Um, he's done some great stuff. So mm-hmm. well, I'm gonna what, get my what, ass some Johnny Hero. Yep, a lot oh, of yeah, good guys. Yeah. Those indie spinner rack fellows talk about, and yeah, go find them, go track them down. Jason, next time you see something like that, point it out because I'm not the sharpest tool in the drawer. You know, like, <laughs> uh, dude, no problem, that's... buddy. Yeah, I mean that was a crowded dinner, and we we certainly weren't lacking for people to talk to. So I didn't. I mean, I just you know, I uh, I spent a lot of time talking to him the year before, um, but I didn't really talk to him much that year because I was talking to your your uh, your silly ass. <laughs> you're making the little winky blinky eyes at me. You were. Yeah. You're like. Hey, oh, before we go, much. I gotta ask you guys something. I have to ask. I know you're you're dying to wrap up, Vince, but I gotta ask the question. No, I'm not dying to do anything. I'm okay. sitting back, having a good time. Got my free comic book day stuff from uh, DCBS, mm-hmm. and um, got a chance to read them all. Uh, the one that I took a flyer on, mainly because I had never read any of it. It's universally loved by just about everybody that I respect uh, in, in this hobby. You know, I know that you guys like it. I know that it's one of Derek Coward's favorite comics of all time. I really don't know many people I've, I've ever heard disparage it. So I've said, oh, let me give it a try. It was the uh, Love and Rockets free comic book day issue. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm just, I'm mystified. <laughs> I, I am mystified as to, from the context of having never read it before, what Reading that issue certainly did not. If the if the intent of that free comic book issue was to introduce me to Love and Rockets and make me curious enough to want to buy more, for me personally, it was a huge failure. I, I the, the little vignettes in the story were so out there. I didn't have any idea who these characters were, why I should care about them, where the story was before this, where it goes after this. Um, and I guess I'm really now legitimately intellectually curious just to hear from people who have read a lot of Love and Rockets. If you could talk to me a little bit about why you love it, what it's about, sort of what makes it special, because I don't feel like that Free Comic Book Day issue made me feel like it's a special comic worthy of the rampant praise it gets. And I'm just, I'm dying to understand. You got to understand, the stories that appeared in that Free Comic Book Day, for the most part, are the new Love and Rocket stories. It's it's the stuff that uh, Jaime and Gilbert are doing in the Squarebound Comics Journal format issues where you are, if if you can look at Love and Rockets in terms of a, of, a, of a lifespan, this is late, late, late period Love and Rockets. Every, the, the majority of the trials and tribulations that Maggie and Hopi have gone through, that's all in the past. You're not getting any of that. You're getting Maggie at a motel and these superhero women, which really doesn't per- pertain to anything that has come before. Okay. So it's it's a new spin on Love and Rockets, but uh, Jaime has always been interested in wrestling and female superheroes, and and he's one of the preeminent female illustrators in the business, I think. Nobody draws females with that special kind of Jaime charm. Uh And so it's it's like coming into what I was going to talk about, Cerebus. It's like coming into Cerebus at issue 280 and expecting to know (laughs) what has come before. It's really tough because it it has gone from a sci-fi romp to a kind of a dramatic character study of Maggie and Hopi. It entered a period where Maggie was a wrestler. 
and her, you know, and just her family. Her aunt was a wrestler, so it, it's it's taken a lot of turns. And for you to come into it at this late in the game and expect to understand what the charm is, that's that's Fantagraphics' fault. Yeah, because I'm, they they I'm, should I'm, have put a, a period piece from each you know era. Now, you could uh, call it that. Try and pick up one of the. I don't know. Would you? It, it's kind of hard to say. Go buy Palomar or Locust to someone that, to try out Love and Rockets. Right. Um, you think maybe picking up one of the new tales of old Palomar would maybe? I, I'm I'm yeah. a fan of the Palomar stuff. Maybe yeah. um, more than the the Maggie and Hopi, which is still awesome. Uh, I'm just I like I love Gilbert Hernandez and yep. his art. It's I'm. Uh, it's just uh, if I were to pick one of the two, it would be Gilbert and the Palomar stuff, which there's a new collection out, new hardcover collection, which I'm excited about. Uh, um, I don't know. It's a tough yeah, call. I, I I would pick up one of the 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 new stories of old Palomar if you if you can find it. They'd have it at Midtown, I would assume. Yeah, but that's the thing about the brothers. Each new story arc expects the reader to remember what has come before and the the connections all the characters have to each other like in uh, heartbreak soup you go into it and he hits the ground running and you are expected to know that you know tontazin was attached to this character and it and That's with, the whole point. Uh, they're, with they're, luba they're, 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 they're not picking up readers on a monthly basis no they, it's almost they're, impossible they're, they're, to yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to get at though is, I mean, it, the the characters and the it, the book read very disjointed. Like I, I think if you mentioned in the forum, I felt like there were some scenes where I I wasn't even sure that two people on the screen were actually conversing with one another. I mean, it almost seemed like they were speaking in non sequitur to me. So I, I I guess what I'm wondering is, even though I didn't know the backstory, I still would have thought I might have come away with some impression of the characters that would be appealing enough that I'd be like, hmm, I, I want to know more about these characters. But yeah. um, So I'm just curious if, if you guys read the first Free Comic Book Day book, and if, if you did, do you think yeah. that it was not maybe representative of, of what makes oh, the work such a seminal work? In all, in all reality, it's really impossible to get all that stuff into, in, what was it, 22 pages, 32 pages, whatever, whatever it was? Yeah, I, I, it was. Yeah, I'm not sure of the page count, but it was, you know. Give it another shot, and it's I mean, it really is an amazing. It, it's two series. It, it's it really is two amazing series that kind of define independent comics for mm-hmm. you know better part of a you know a decade yep. now. Obviously, well, I guess much that, more. that's kind of what I'm at. I'm at is what sure. what makes it a defining well, series. Let me is put it, it this way: it, it, what what you just what you just did was mm-hmm. you saw you saw Joe DiMaggio go over four on a okay. on a on a day. And that doesn't define his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, I'll buy that. And and it, the whole scope of the series is so diverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- there's a period of of that. It's very punk rock, and Gilbert can get very David Lynch on your ass. Uh-huh. So, uh, how do you sum that up? It's 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 incredibly hard. So mm-hmm. This was this was a this was the Fantagraphics free comic book day yeah, offering. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it seems odd that they'd even. I mean, I'm glad that they participated, and I'm glad it's they threw something together to entice people or give them an offering. But it just 
of all the companies out there to offer a free comic book day. It's not it's it's not stuff that's entirely new. It's it's their whole catalog yeah. is is based on collections or past work and it's Well that's not necessarily no, true. I, but no, for no, the no, most I'm part saying, you're I'm, right. I'm, I'm I'm being very put, generalizing but who's putting out Razzle? That's uh, Jeff, Jeff Smith is putting out it's his own. Yeah, it's his yeah. own imprint. Oh, it's his own. Okay. Cool. Yeah. But, you know, it's odd that they would release a free comic book day promoting a book that comes out once a year. Yeah. When, when they have a bunch of books in the, in the, in the queue, one, sure. one on mini comics, another, uh, well, the, in, in the latest previews, there's three books in there that are really interesting. Push that stuff or, or go back and, and pull out some of your crazy cat. George Harriman. They they need kids need to see George Harriman. Yeah. Put out some put some poison combat with some peanuts. Right. I'm thinking it it should have been like a catalog maybe. Or 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 well not I don't want to say pull quotes, but I mean like like Jason who hasn't experienced Love and Rockets and obviously has questions and if someone received that at Free Comic Book Day or if someone got it in their D C B S box, who what would prompt them to go look for the early stuff or ask sure. them, you know, well, right. I, I mean, this has been around for over 20 years. What's, what's yeah. so great about it? I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this and it's not wooing me. So, I mean, it's, I mean, of all the companies to just come out with a offering it, it, I, I love Fantagraphics. I'm just surprised mm-hmm. that, that, that well, I would be curious too. any of our listeners on the, or pop in the forum. If you, if you also are not that familiar with love and rockets and got this on free comic, that'd be curious to hear your experience. Cause it, I mean, you know, look at, there's stuff that sometimes just doesn't resonate with you, so maybe this is just one of those things where it didn't click for me, and and reading more wouldn't change that. I I, I don't know, but I'm, I certainly would like to read more. I'm just cur- I'm very curious I th- because again, I, I think you'll I think you'll dig it. It's mm-hmm. uh, no, even, I, even just, if you don't like the characters, if mm-hmm. they are character types like with Young Liars, there you had very uh, a lot of problems with those types of characters. You have you, you're almost instantly struck dumb by the fact that you are looking at the work of two certified masters of the craft. And then that's not hyperbole. Jaime and Gilbert are two of the best cartoonists Yeah. Oh, ever. yeah, and what, what's, what's amazing is whenever you start with like the earliest of the Love and Rocket stuff and to oh. see them grow oh, as yeah. cartoonists. Because there, there are changes a lot from... It's it's almost kind of um, whenever you pick up the the first uh, mage trade and you see that early Matt Wagner work and then you I mean you know what I'm talking about David and mm-hmm. you know and then you look at, at at some of his his later or just over the course of that series and you're like wow he really really changed a, as an artist and refined his craft over the over the course of this you know 30 40 50 issues whatever it was yeah. mm-hmm. but even in the beginning the the Maggie the mechanic stuff and and Gilbert's early stories they were contenders from the get-go, though. They just got better as time went on. Uh, it, that's my opinion. But those early issues can stand up to anything. They're really solid. But they honed it. And um, I, I think you'll like it because it's got a lot of sex. It's got a nice. lot. Of, no, there's a lot of big titty bitches in there, and, 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 and a lot of a lot of sex. And there's but but the the joy of 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 love and rockets is watching the two characters or experiencing the two characters uh-huh. interact and mature. That's what Maggie Maggie and Hopi for how good Palomar is. Maggie and Hopi are love and rockets. 
mm-hmm. to me. Okay. And and just watching those two characters grow and change and 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 split apart and come back together and and the the choices they make and the things the paths that their lives lead. It's it's just an awesome thing to read, but you're in for the long haul, which I think is a very good topic for a future show. How do you push a book like this? I mean, Fantagraphics was doomed to fail from the get-go. How can you convince someone of the magic of Love and Rockets in 32 pages? It's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. You, you don't. You just you let someone find it, and I don't. It's hard to it's hard to compare it to to really anything else uh yeah. entertainment wise it's because it is it is epic it's you know it's how do you how do you get someone hooked on Babylon 5 it's like you know it's going to be a what 204068 it's sorry it's going to be a 100 and you know 12 hour commitment for you to sit down and watch all of this series and really appreciate it for what it for what it is. I mean, right. yeah, it's just a big epic tale. So, no, it's I I started reading Love and Rockets like 2 years ago. I'm still working through that big Palomar hardcover. I pick it up mm-hmm. and I read it from time to time and I love the stories and I love the art. So, no, it's love, the Love and Rockets stuff is something that's you know, I I I enjoy, you know, savoring it, and I'm glad there's a lot of it out there. I've got it. Read the Penny Century series. I think it's, I think it's collected, and I think it's only like five or six issues. If, uh-huh. you, if you pick up on what Jaime was trying to do with that series, you'll slide into to Love and Rockets much easier. Once you get a feel for the way he does comics, and you can, and I know because you're a smart dude, you realize what you're dealing with here because the guy is one of the best of the best. Once you get that, then I think there was also a Luba miniseries, but that's way too steeped in continuity. Sad to say. All right. Penny Century. She's, she's a superhero, and she's hot. But it's still, you'll still get a feel for what the other, I mean, the other characters weave through it. So, yeah, it's great. It's Ian. No matter what he does, David will never be able to escape the fact he was once a co-host on Comic Timing. Never. It will haunt his dreams. Mwahaha. Ha ha. Ha ha. Later, bitches. Oh, I, can I can I ask a favor of the uh, of what the uh, the forum can maybe help me out with? I want to start getting into uh, a Hellblazer. So, <laughs> someone on the forum, give me a, a good trade to start with for Hellblazer, because from what I've heard, it's there's no like Hellblazer Volume One. That nope. there are just a lot of really good stories out there. So, you know, maybe not the best. Hellblazer story because I always want to have stuff to look forward to, but just some good solid Hellblazer trades to uh, to to look at picking up. Another pretty uh, unenviable task. There's a lot of great Hellblazer stories out there. Been running for twenty years. Yeah, and if you want to reply to Chris's plea, you can find our forum at forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com or www.elevenoclockcomics.com. And yeah, we, would, we would love to have you. And thanks to those folks who were kind enough to leave us an iTunes review. We need a couple more. Thank you very much. But uh, we're getting there. We're, uh, for some reason, we got like five or six new ones, but it didn't add to the total. So we're oh, still we're, we're still at ninety eight. People, if you update 
your existing one, it'll just go up to the top. So it's oh well. But thank you. So we need a couple more. So if you would be so kind, drop us a review. Stop by the forum. Call our hotline, which I don't have the number, and I don't want David to to, to dig it up. So come to our forum, and you'll get the hotline number there. So call the hotline. Two zero six three. Yeah, well, you say it then. You got it. Two zero six three one two five two three nine. Nice. Professional. We are good. So, thank you for being with us. We all done? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm not going to get into what I need to, to talk about. I was going to talk about Cerebus, the volume specifically uh, Latter Days, which covers issues 266 to 288. Much too much to talk about that, so I'll save that for next week. I was going to talk about The Outsiders, but number 18 came out today, so I'll wait until I read that. There you go. We're ready for next week. We're primed. So in your travels, if you would, uh, in the mood for some real good comics, I'm going to go with what came out today. Read Mysterious the Unfathomable. You son of a bitch. Hey, high five. Damn it. Winner. Oh, I, gotta, uh, I can't go next. i got to start digging. <laughs> go, Jason. Read Bad Dog. Oh. Nice. I'm waiting for the trade on that. Cause oh. I am. I'm sorry. No, it's good. I, I got one. In celebration of his birthday, read Green Arrow, Black Canary, (laughs) and happy birthday, my my main man, Mike Norton. Mike Norton, yes. And happy birthday, Mitch Breitweiser as well. Mike Norton's another one of those guys that will frequently show you work that he's uh, doing on Twitter. He'll give you a link. You can go follow it and look at Mike's amazing artwork, and you feel like you're in on the process, which is invaluable as far as I'm concerned. And oh, if you want ass, to know more about ass, Mike, uh, Wildcat today, yeah. yep, you can listen to Crankcast, which he does, uh, and you'll you'll learn more about Mike than you probably ever wanted to know. <laughs> I don't know. I want to know <laughs> a lot. He loves Target. He loves Target. He's got no, a bump shoulder. Uh, let's see. I said that last time. Um, read uh, Agents of Atlas. Yeah, <laughs> please read Agents of Atlas, people. I, I'm really surprised you went with the Marvel book. Stunned. Are you? I know. <laughs> well, I was—I I thought I had a couple of uh, DC books lined up, but you—we already. But none of them were good. Of, uh, <laughs> there you go. So yeah. Oh. Wow. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> read the outsiders. Okay. Go ahead. Read, read the outsiders, but skip every other page because then it'll make sense. Thank oh. you. Well, thank you very oh, much for being here. Wow. We will see. We will talk to you next week and uh, be safe and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Be careful out there. Yeah. Bug life. Yo. For reals. Yo.